So if you could be here around nine, that would be great. Okay. Well, listen here. Hello, and welcome to 90 Day Fiance MK. I'm Mr. O, and today, Ms. H and I will be discussing Season 7, Episode 13 of Happily Ever After. In this episode, Andre and Becky go at it again, Yara buys some clothes to give her friend, Nutris speaks to Bilal on Shida's behalf, Angela comes clean to the marriage counselor, Ed and Liz visit his old high school, and Kimberly finds out that polygamy isn't legal in the United States. As always, we'll end with our Students of the Week, class dances, and life lessons. If you also watch Love After Lockup, you should listen to our other channel, Love After Lockup MK, where we'll be covering the new season of Love During Lockup. All right, thanks for listening. Stay safe and enjoy. Mr. O. Hello, Miss H. How are you today? I'm uh, not doing too bad. Uh, we just finished our other one, and uh, apparently I have a lot of editing because the sound was messed up on it. But oh, I have no. the sound working on this one, so. Yay! So you all get to uh, appreciate and be <laughs> thankful for that because yes. it's Thanksgiving week. Yes, it is Thanksgiving week. Time to be thankful. I was all upset because the, te- the students were supposed to come back. I mean, Mr. O, do you want to tell us what you're thankful for and we'll put it in a video? I was like, sure. And they're like, Yesterday, the video came out and I was like, they never came back and asked me what I was thankful for, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That happens sometimes. I mean, yeah. Yeah. They're just like, yeah, we got enough teachers. We don't need to worry about him. Right. That's fine. <laughs> well, why don't you tell us what you were going to say? Uh, I was going to be thankful for kittens. I had a whole plan to say I was thankful for kittens and then have like a video of like kittens playing with a ball on the video screen behind me. It was a whole thing. That is really random. Yes, you don't even have a kitten. <laughs> I don't have a kitten because it would have been funny. I was going for randomly funny. Um, All right. Let's start with somebody else who always goes for randomly funny and never works, and that's Ed and Liz. Oh, gosh. Ugh, <laughs> gross. But yes, you're right. That very much describes them. So, I mean, we even start off with it because Ed, when we meet them, is wondering whether or not he should pack his fun underwear, a.k.a. G-strings – for the trip to Arkansas to meet his extended family. So they're going to go, there's going to go for this second engagement party, and it's a chance uh, for them to learn more about each other, which is something you should probably do before you're about to get married. But anyway, she's worried that everyone there will know Ed's side of every story, and she might end up just being like alone at the party while Ed does the rounds with his family. So the next we didn't. We just poof, and they're in Bentonville, Arkansas, home of Walmart, by the way. Mm-hmm. And Ed is showing her the sights and talking uh, and talking about his family. They talk about things that I assume, or at least really hope, they've talked about before, like where Ed is in the birth order of his siblings and how his parents got divorced when he was in high school, things like that. So anyway, his mom is you know still around, if not talking to him, but he. Also doesn't seem to think very much of his hard partying dad that caused like the whole divorce to happen and who is now deceased and is, you know, never really carried his part of the co-parenting burden. So when she, when she, his mom left his dad and that's when Ed moved to California and it's really weird for him to be back to where he grew up for the first time in 40 years without being able to talk to either of his parents. So he kind of takes Liz – not kind of. He takes Liz to sit outside of his old high school where he says he was – basically became the class clown to avoid bullying. So Liz says that she wasn't really bullied but you know when she was in high school, she didn't have many friends. So then we see a picture of a of Ed back when he ran track in high school and he uh, is way skinnier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Well, I mean, he's also in his 50s. I don't think it's so uncommon for people to gain weight steadily until they're 50. I guess so. But then he uh, he demonstrates what that running track may have looked like by racing Liz in his pink Crocs. So he oh, makes God. it up 20 meters before stopping and then they walk the dogs around and then they make out on the field a little bit and – he makes inappropriate jokes and then <laughs> and then he won't leave until he does the breakfast club pose because he's just corny as hell. Mm-hmm. All right. So then it's time for Ed to put on his denim vest full of pieces of flair and go to dinner with Ed's sister and brother-in-law. So he says that after he and Liz broke up before, he's, Ed spent a lot of time here with Christine. So again, she's been heard all about his side of every story. So she – Christine, like everyone else, is very leery about this relationship but is ready to see where it goes. So after dinner is served, they start, you know, a conversation and Christine says that, you know, she talks to her mom all the time and she just wants Ed to be happy and safe. Ed tells us that he hasn't seen his mom in a year even though she lives 40 minutes away and she used to live in his house, which is a big difference to him. So Christine says that she thinks, you know, mom's going to come along in time. It's just that she's really stubborn. So the whole conversation nearly bring, not nearly brings Liz to tears. They start to talk about the engagement party, and Liz says she's nervous to meet everyone and wishes she, you know, kind of had somebody to fall back to that was there for her. But Christine is like, "Yeah, you should be nervous. This is going to suck." <laughs> she doesn't say it like that, but she more or less tells her it's going to be a lot. People have a lot of opinions. All right, so um, I don't know. Just how much do do can you really learn about somebody by just Hanging out at their old high school. I don't think you're going to learn about them presently. Um, And I I don't know. I think you may have some insight as to their past. And I do think there's some element of people's past do affect their present day. But I mean, if I were to go around, you know, with anyone and tour where I grew up and told stories about, you know, how I grew up or – you know, my school life, what I was like in school, like that isn't who I am now. At least God, I hope not. I know, you know? right? Like, yeah. <laughs> be like, oh, okay, great. And I mean, even look at Ed. It's like, okay, that's great you ran track in high school. That's not describing present day Ed. It, it certainly is not. Present day <laughs> no. Ed could not run a lap without getting winded and starting to walk. That's correct. Right. And present day Ed couldn't even remember how to like start out of the blocks. I was like, yeah, okay, no, the way he did start, you kind of start like that if it's 800 or, or longer. Oh, you start okay. You start like that. And I got the impression that it was like cross country. So I don't even know that he was on the track. Uh, Cross country? It all depends. Usually a lot of the cross country people do like the 1600. Yes, they do. They do come yeah. out for the track team. That's true. Yeah. But yeah, it was, it was, I don't know. It's also just like. And that, I guess the thing that got me was like he just – he's always such a sad sack about like, well, everybody made fun of me because I looked weird. And it was mm-hmm. a, and they showed that picture of him in high school and he like, you look normal. like He did, yeah. Like it doesn't – I think it definitely uh, makes his neck appear smaller when he's large. Yes. Right. And so For when sure. he was really skinny, it probably was less noticeable. I'm sure there was you could tell there was something, but it was much less noticeable than it is now. Yeah, and he always comes back to oh, they just they called me no neck and I was like, That was it. That was the meanest thing they got they got you was no neck. Mm-hmm. I yeah. mean it just it, it just and it, 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 it what hurts you hurts you and I and I get it, but 
I don't know. I just feel like he, he's got to get through his head that he had it worse than everybody else. If the worst he heard in high school was no neck, like no yeah. matter how many times he heard it, you know? Yeah. I mean, but that's what Ed is all about, right? Victimizing himself. That's true. Uh, playing up the hero in his mind of, you know, who he is. So, Yeah. And that means villainizing other people if he's the hero in his story. Right, which means he spent the past how many years villainizing Liz to everybody in this town. That yeah. He knows. Yeah, I'm actually kind of surprised this is the first we're hearing about his hometown. Like, I just always assumed that he was very connected to San Diego. And I think the reason why I made that assumption is because his mom lives in San Diego. Right, right. Yeah, yeah his whole, well, it was his whole family. But it sounds like the mom just like up and was like, Get as far away from this asshole as I can. Yeah. <laughs> the, the asshole farthest? being dad and being, not Ed. Yes, being dad and not Ed. That's right. correct. Right. Um, yeah. It's just – yeah, I, but I don't think Liz's concerns are off base. I really do think everybody at this party – now, if they were normal people at this party, mm-hmm. then they would just you know do that standard American thing of being nice to her face and saying shit behind her back. And she wouldn't yeah. have to deal with that at all, right? Well, you know, and this is the Midwest, mid. It's, yeah. uh, it's more Southern. Yeah. Yeah. Well, either way, Midwest or South, they're polite. <sighs> yeah. So you're not going to get anyone who's going to be hostile to your face. Well, well, I mean, the other thing too is like she was like, well, I'm afraid it's going to be a big fight again. I'm going to get, you know, things. Well, it's like, well, if you think about it, who – did she fight with at the engagement party? It wasn't somebody that Ed. Ed. <laughs> well, no, before Ed, right? Before Ed, it was right. the, the one that Ed thought because she fought with this woman that they, they were lesbians together. Right, um, right. But it was a whole other fight. But she originally – the whole thing started because she got in a fight with one of her guests. Yeah. One of the people yeah. she invited. Right? And not even the ones that they were concerned about. Yeah. It's just it, – and, and so I just think she is also a very belligerent person. And so I think the people well, who are yeah, nice to her face it. might 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 end up still getting some blowback anyway. Yeah, probably. All right. Uh, let's go ahead and move on to Yari and Jova. Jova. Wow, Jova. I, Yari so and Jova. I, I totally mixed up their names. Yara and Jovi. <laughs> so Yara, Jovi, Telmage, Jovi's friend, Mila, their daughter, and Olga, Yara's mom, are all in the car heading to Germany from Prague. Jovi is excited about possibly driving on the Autobahn, but they can't really drive so fast because Mila's in the car. They're going to meet up with Yara's friend, Karina. The boys are talking about being able to go out, and Yara's more concerned for her friend, who literally has nothing since she is a refugee. Yara's a little hurt with the fact that Jovi isn't taking all of this seriously. Yara wants to stop by the store to get some things for Karina, like clothes, since Karina left with only a few clothes and her documents. Yara and her mom stop at a clothing store where Olga tries to convince Yara to stay in Europe. Uh, she says that, uh, you know, she should stay longer since it won't matter if Jovi is at work anyway. Olga says that they can just help other refugees. Yara thinks she wants to stay to help because she feels guilty that she is fine and her heart will always be in Ukraine. Yara buys a sweater for Karina and then they're back in the car and Yara starts to hint that she wants to stay and help to Jovi. Yara feels like she needs to be there to help, and Yara says there's no point to go back to Louisiana to help more people while he's at work. Jovi doesn't like this idea, and Yara thinks that she doesn't have enough time to go back to Prague. Talmadge pipes in and says that her family needs her and that she should go back and be with her family in Louisiana. Yara says that she's a grown-ass woman and she can decide. 
Jovi says that she can help from afar. And she says she doesn't want to donate to an unknown person who could possibly be stealing the money or using the money differently. And Jovi is getting mad because it feels like she's just coming up with excuse after excuse to stay away from him in Europe. Jovi thinks that Olga is influencing her, and he foresees her mom trying to get her to stay or visit more often. Yara tells him to shut up and that she's a grown-ass woman. All right, so Talmadge is definitely, like, on Jovi's side. Um, what did you think about him kind of putting in his two cents? Yeah, I I, <laughs> I was very confused about it. Like, it, it made – I actually thought it made the whole scenario and the whole interaction seem more staged – because mm-hmm. the interaction – that would be weird. I couldn't imagine being with my two friends. Or yeah. like, uh, First of all, it's always awkward when your friends like – when your married friends like fight in front of you and have these yeah. disagreements of like, this is weird. But I also – it would be weirder if I stepped in to take one of their sides. <laughs> right. And I would say especially if you just met this partner. Yeah. Like, yeah, just how is the response not, who are you? Why are you talking to me? I don't understand. Right. This is none of your business, which is a little Bilal like now that I'm thinking about it. But, <laughs> right. but it just seemed weird. The response is like, why are you talking? I don't understand why he's talking. Yeah, I was kind of confused. I was like, uh, does this girl even like you? Like, And, you know, it's one of those things, too, because Yara, I don't think, has the best impression of Talmadge because she kind of is like, oh, this is Jovi's party friend. Right. They've been partying around, partying in the Ukraine where Jovi's clearly like met other Ukrainian women that I didn't know about. They're just party, party, party. Talmadge is coming to Germany so he can party, party, party more with Jovi. Um, so I don't think Yara really likes this guy in the first place. And if this guy is just echoing what Jovi says, to me, it seems like, well, that's going to make it go the other way, right? Yara's going to dig into her heels more and be like, F this guy, like, he wants me to do what? I'm going to do the opposite. Yeah, I mean, I just, I guess I get kind of annoyed with Yara's tone when she argues, Mm-hmm. Right. She doesn't say like you explained it that way. Hey, you know, there's a lot of refugees and I really want to help them. And I think it would be better if I stay. Yeah. She's like, oh, I just well, I don't want to go back. I just think I should stay. I'm a grown ass woman. I can make my own decisions. But she has like this tone when she does it where it's just mm-hmm. kind of like eh, like whiny almost. Right. Yeah. When she talks. and It's not how she talks at any other time, which mm-hmm. makes me think that's like her acting voice. <laughs> Oh, like, and this is her like doing the acting because we're just I, I mean, I I just don't think they have much of a storyline because what is she going to do in let's, I don't know, are they going to Munich? What's she, she going to do in Munich that she mm-hmm. couldn't do from Louisiana? Like, oh, I don't want to just donate money. Well, OK, then send money to Karina specifically so that she can do something with it. Right. Right. Yeah. Because yeah. how many refugees are there that you're going to get a refugee camp around there that you're going to help with? Like what are you right. what are you gonna do in Europe either? You know what I think would maybe be a good um thing for them to do that would maybe solve a lot of this. I mean, and this is all, you know, in hindsight too, because I mean they already this is, you know, not 
today. But if they like sponsored a Ukrainian family or something um, in Louisiana and ha- had them live with them, I think it would give your company. It would make her feel like she was doing something. Sure. You know, she might even have extra help around for, uh, you know, Mila. Like, I think doing something like that. And I say that because um, I have a friend who – and it wasn't easy. They actually sponsored a Ukrainian couple, very young Ukrainian couple. I think they were, like, in their very early 20s. Mm-hmm. And they came over and, uh, you know, they set them up with an apartment. Um, they kind of crowdsourced funds, like, donations among the friends, uh, you know, to pay for, like, um, you know, basic furniture and, you know, basic – items and things like that. So, I mean, it's being done here. And so it seems like a good opportunity for Yara to help out someone. And then also at the same time, like have that company that I think that's what it really comes down to. Right. This, her wanting to be in Europe is she doesn't want to go back to the U.S. and be alone, especially if Jovi's at work in a way. Right. I just, I just don't like the way this this storyline makes her seem so dumb. Mm-hmm. Like her mom's like, I wish you were back in Europe. She's like, it would be nice. And then Jovi's things like, but you literally have to go back for your green card and yeah. like things like that. And it's like, well, I, it just, I know she's not that dumb that she didn't think of that, that she doesn't right. know that, right? <laughs> it's like, right. And she doesn't know how much the apartments cost and things like that. I just, don't, I just don't believe that about her. Mm-hmm. She just mm-hmm. seems like she's too like smarter than that, and it, she just doesn't come across as. We've seen lots of dummies on the show that are believably very, very <laughs> yeah. dumb. She doesn't seem like one of them. Right, right. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're right in that I don't know if this is going to be much of a differing um, storyline for them. But, you know, I have a feeling that this is going to be kind of like the persisting storyline. We definitely pivoted from... You know, shallow Yara who wants to get plastic surgery and just like be a real housewife. Yeah, we definitely (laughs) went past that. Now we're in altruistic, compassionate Yara, you know, where she just wants to help the people. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it just seems like this is going to drag on. So switching to someone who's neither altruistic nor compassionate, Angela. (laughs) Oh, God. Angela and Michael are driving around and things are good for Angela because, according to her, Michael came to his senses. So she tells us that she hasn't completely forgiven Michael for everything, but things are moving in the right direction because he comforted her when she cried and love conquers all, I guess. I don't know. She also blames him for dragging her over here, which remember she came over as a surprise and also blames him for everything that she did wrong, like tearing up his car and, you know, doing this TikTok stuff with this other guy. But that's what this whole outing is about because he agreed to take down the Instagram Angela has to do some things for him, like pay the damage that she did to his car. So Michael still wants more respect, and while they're trying to find a new bug shield for his car, (laughs) asks her if she would consider marriage counseling. She says she doesn't need counseling. Who's going to tell her better how to handle her man? Because that's what counselors do. Tell you how to handle your man. And also because every problem they ever had has just been his fault. So what does she need counseling for? So he points out a double standard that she has for things like social media and how maybe if she's keeping tabs on him all the time, she should be keeping tab- he should be keeping tabs on her. He really wants an apology regarding her flirting with this, uh, with this TikTok guy. So she says that maybe they'll do it because she's very sure that the counselor will just tell Michael that he's wrong 
Um, even though that's not what they we know that no. Right. So then we flash back to when they got married and the, the uh, before the marriage and there was a, some sort of counselor. Well, he wasn't a relationship counselor. Uh, telling how she owed Michael total submission. And if that's how things are going to go, that's not going to work. So to make sure that therapist knows who she's dealing with, Angela gets ready to go with a whole red, white, and blue outfit and U.S. flag pumps, which they focus on multiple times. So they st- things start off really great when Angela corrects Michael when he comes in and says, we are here to see the marriage counselor. And she's like, I'm not here. We're not here. He's here. So then the counseling starts. Michael blames the distance and Angela says, you know, the relationship's going sour because of him flirting with women. That's the problem. So when encouraged to say it like it is, like tell your truth or whatever to Michael, he starts to. And during this, uh, the counselor has to stop Angela from interrupting him. So he says that he did have an Instagram and did talk to women, but he has not cheated on her. The counselor then asks if he, if she, if Angela has anything to say to Michael, and she brings up Billy, and how she ended up in a TikTok crush, but not a real crush, a TikTok crush on Billy, which is somehow different than a crush. She also says that it just goes to show him, look what you made me do. This is all your fault. It's all your fault that this happened. I would have had a crush if this wasn't you. I was just trying to get even with you, and it backfired. She also tells him that she has made plans to go to Canada to meet Billy, so to help him with his medical problems, of course. Now, Michael doesn't like this at all and is afraid she's going to fall for another man. But the counselor just is like, this is a trust issue and you should work on your trust. <laughs> so now that the air is clear, Angela is glad she came for the appointment after all because she got to get her freebie of telling Michael something that upset him. So is this the worst marriage counselor we've seen? Like – this sounds like trust. My suggestion, more trust. <laughs> yeah, yes? I, I think a lazy one for sure, <laughs> because I feel like, uh, you know, that's easier. I think that's pretty common knowledge, right? You need to have trust as one of the basic uh, foundations of a relationship. Yes, but it's also one of those things, too. It's like, um, you know, just like, well, how do you win a sports game? It's simple. Score more points than the other team. Right. Oh, is that yeah, it? But, that's all we yeah. have to do? Yeah. But that's what I was going to say. It's like, yeah, it's easy to point out that that's what's needed. But I think what's difficult for most people is what are the steps towards building trust? And that is where she like was like, yep, just trust more. <laughs> yes. It's like, Perhaps yes, this will establish trust. And it was like, that's, <laughs> what? Well, especially yes. because she didn't. I, I thought there was a lot of times when she needed to more or less step in and correct Angela and be like because she literally said that she literally said I was in this TikTok crush with this guy because mm-hmm. Michael made me do that and the lady needs to be like wait a second you did that like right, were, right. you did that and she was like because that's that's always Angela's problem no matter what happens no matter if it's his actions or her actions it's his fault yeah yeah I mean yeah and I feel like she may know that, and that's why she was so resistant of going to counseling in the first place. Right. Um, I think also she probably knew this whole Billy stuff was going to, like, hit the fan uh, if they were in therapy. Uh, so I I feel like that's why she was trying to avoid this whole thing to begin with. But, you know, and we've seen this happen before. It's like the moment you say, I don't need counseling, you need counseling. It's like, yeah, you're probably one who needs counseling. <laughs> yeah, but I think I, I she's in she is an excellent manipulator. And I oh, feel she like she is. manipulated this whole situation because now this Billy stuff came out during counseling. Uh-huh. And 
when she leaves, the counselor said, she just, she told you you needed to trust me. You have to trust me. The counselor said you needed to trust me. Yeah, which is so ridiculous because it's like, where was the counselor when Michael said there was some random girl in the background of my picture? Right. Yeah. But but now, but you know what I'm saying? Like now he's not now because the council this happened during the counseling session. Mm-hmm. He's not he's she's not going to he's not going to be allowed by her to be upset about it. Right. In the future. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because we dealt with this in counseling and now it's all taken care of. I'm still going to Canada. I still had a TikTok crush, which is not a real crush, which doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I mean, yes, you're right. Angela is a master manipulator. That's why it's so ridiculous to me when we see her crying on anything because it's like not believable to me. No. It's like, yeah, we know what you're capable of. We also know you're unreasonable. So to make yourself a victim in all of this is just absurd. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. Because she makes a victim with like the, oh, because she, she even makes it like when they get the stupid bug shield. She's like, see, aren't yeah. you glad I came and ripped up your bug shield? Because now you have a nicer one. I'm great. That's me. I'm awesome. (laughs) (sighs) She's a lot. Yeah. I didn't realize she'd pulled up paint too. Oh, did she? The paint had to come up with uh, with the thing she ripped off, right? Because it was like glued down. Right. So I don't know. It's like, yeah, well, we'll see how the finished product looks in the end. Uh, I I mean, it's not like the car was in great shape. He said it's his baby, but it's still like a 95 – Camry, like let's be simple <laughs> here. <laughs> oh goodness! All right. So, uh, speaking of not so great shape, let's talk Kim and Usman. Uh, they're at Usman's place alone. Uh, it's the last day they're in Sokoto, and the next day they're going to leave. Uh, and Kim is going to go back home. Usman is displaying his music awards, which they're very strategic about showing all the awards he's won. Uh-huh. And he wants to give uh, wants Kim to be there to give her decorative touch to his home. Kim is so excited about getting the blessing and thinks it's a better feeling than jumping out of a plane. Usman is trying to hammer a nail with the handle of the hammer for some reason. That doesn't work, and he wonders if he should just use tape. He gets Kim to leave the room so he can surprise her when she walks back in the room by being on bended knee with an open ring box. Kim cries and can't believe it. Usman says that Kim proposing is not the ideal way. He has bought her a real diamond ring and they hug as Kim cannot stop crying. Kim thinks the ring says he loves her just as much as she loves him. This is the perfect end of the trip for her. Kim and Usman are at the airport coming back from Sokoto, and she's excited and asks if he can kiss her, but he says, not really, because that's the whole kissing in public thing. Mm -hmm. The plan is for Usman to go to the U.S. to get married. He doesn't want to live there, but he wants the freedom to be able to go back and forth. Kim is talking about the kind of wedding they want, and they're thinking small and just family. They decide to video chat with an immigration lawyer, and they share their engagement news. Usman says if he can come back to Nigeria every three to four months because his family wants him to and because he wants to work on his music. But the lawyer says that he can't leave until his green card gets in because he shouldn't bear to be apart from Kim even for a day. He does a, oh yeah. And Kim then shows the lawyer the agreement between her and Usman's family in order to get the blessing. I think she thinks it's cute and funny as she reads it, and she's only, like, you know, reading it for the novelty of it. But then the lawyer brings up that there's a law against polygamy. (laughs) 
Oh my gosh. So anyways, Kim thinks that it's fine because Usman will, Usman's just going to get married to his second wife in Nigeria and they won't recognize that marriage in the U.S. So why does it even matter? And the lawyer says that he could lose his green card if it were found out that he was also married to someone else, even if it's in Nigeria, because he still has to comply with U.S. laws in order to maintain his green card. Kim wishes that they had known this before because she's sure he won't marry her if he can't marry someone else for the purposes of having a child. As Kim is packing up to leave, Usman is trying on Kim's bra upside down. Kim is worried about what the lawyer said about a second wife, and Usman is just trying to reassure her. They head to the airport where Kim can't stop crying, and Usman eventually starts crying too. All right, so... <laughs> dumb right oh. they don't know that they can't practice polygamy right so yeah what do you think is gonna happen like how do you think his family's gonna react to this i well the thing is is like not well obviously mm -hmm. right but it's like too late to do anything about it right it, for yeah. her because she's gonna be gone she's 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 leaving right, right. And I could totally see him just leaving and then being like, oh, yeah, it's not my family and the laws and just breaking up after she's gone. Right. <laughs> like, Yeah. Except for we've kind of seen that they are still together, like on social media. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, like, I, I just don't I think he what he will try to do is that he will just try to get married to a second person anyway. And if it doesn't work out visa-wise, it just doesn't work out. Because quite honestly, like I looked this up because I was curious about it. Mm -hmm. Oh, uh, actually, I was curious about it because of the Love is Blind scandal with SK like supposedly cheating on Raven this whole time. And then everyone's kind of defending him being like, well, he's from Nigeria. Like they believe in uh, polygamy over there. So... You know, I, I looked up. I was like, well, is it like a thing? Like, I know it's practiced in Nigeria, but it's actually not at the federal level legal, legal in Nigeria yes, mm -hmm. to have uh, to be in a polygamous relationship. And so, you know, it's it's one thing where it is. Uh, acknowledged within certain regions, and I'm going to assume that Usman's region is one of them. But it's like I I can kind of have see him just being like, eh, well, you know, it's just like in name to have a second wife. You have like more of a religious ceremony than it is actually official. I mean, I could see that from his end. I can't mm -hmm. see this. I can't see Faradit from like last episode agreeing to that. Oh right. Well, we're not saying with her, <laughs> right? But I, I, who I, I have, I think he's have he would have trouble finding someone that oh, would agree so to that. Oh, you're saying okay. So if that's the case, I feel that he should probably marry you know the younger one first, even if it's a spiritual marriage, and then just get legally married to Kim, right? <sighs> yeah, probably. But are they going to – it's again, are they going to agree to a marriage where you don't file it with the marriage records office? Because once you file it with the marriage records office, now if somebody makes a call to, to you know, ICE or something, they can go to Nigeria and ask for that record and he's done, right? Yeah, yeah. And it, it's toast. But I don't know. And I get I get where they're coming from because it's like, yeah, I the polygamy 
is generally pretty nasty, right? Like, it's different than like what we have with like kind of modern newfangled polyamory that people have right, and everything. Right. It's not that, right? <laughs> it's not, sure, sure. Because it's not like people have multiple husbands, right? It's not like – Oh, right. Like if you look at um, the countries that where polygamy is uh, legal – um, and there's not that many. I think there's six countries. They're mm-hmm. all uh, Muslim countries where it's like a very patriarchal society where women are yes, very much don't have oh, a yeah, say in it's, things. It's very closely linked to like human trafficking and abuse right. and things like that. So sure. like – Yeah. And so, so I don't want – and I, that's the thing too is I like well, – that's because at some point you do have like things that are like, well, that's just the way their culture works. You can't mm-hmm. just have like, well, that's the way their culture works. They abuse women. We have to let that go. Of course, you have to right. them to do that. It's like, no, we don't. Yeah. Like, we're, no. there's yeah. lines that we that we cro- that we don't cross in terms of just mm-hmm. excusing it as just quote unquote part of their culture. Um, yeah. And so, like, I get that, but it's just it's crazy to me that she didn't Google that at any point till now, like. <sighs> And just to be taken completely blindsided by that. And I think maybe she was thinking about like more of your American poly- – because it is a higher standard and it, got, it is kind of fr- – I get that it's frustrating. It's a higher standard for that, right? Because yeah. in America, if you don't make it official, yeah, sure. Like if I'm officially married to one person but like three other women live with me and they consider themselves my spiritual wife and everything, then nobody can stop that. Right. right. Yeah. Um. OK. So I don't – know how in the world they will ever get approved for a visa with this show on yeah i don't either you know? i don't either it's just it's yeah i mean you, you the immigration office has to have access to these right. tapes now right and see yeah. like you spent a whole season talking about him getting another wife right and especially because you're coming over on a fiance visa right like it'd be one thing if it's not about this because it's not even just about obeying the laws right I could see someone who was polygamous in Nigeria or something or wherever it may be legal coming over on an H-1B or something like that so they could mm-hmm. work here. You're coming over because you're marrying an American. You can't – and then yeah. we're like, we don't recognize that marriage because it's not your first marriage, right? Like, So why yeah. we not going to give you a green card or give you the visa for a institution that we're not recognizing? That's not going to work. Yeah, I just yeah, I don't see them being approved. Um, but at the same time it's like, I don't know, how reasonable is it for someone from INS or ICE to know about them on this show? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know that I you know, the show's popular but not that popular, but I feel like somebody along the line would be like, "Oh, that guy, I saw him on TV." Right? Yeah. And, and let's back up and talk about this because we got caught up with the immigration people. That was the the big blockbuster thing. Mm-hmm. Why did he propose to her again? I'm very confused. They were already engaged, right? She proposed to him. There were rings exchanged. I I don't understand how this works. I think it's just him trying to be traditional because he said, you know, it wasn't ideal that Kim is the one that proposed. Um, I think that maybe even though he was wearing the ring, it didn't feel official to him because he wasn't the one that did the asking. And then I think it's also to like reciprocate since it isn't very common of a tradition for women to ask. So it's kind of like to reassure like, yes, I'm on board for this too. I didn't just get like talked into and dragged along. I don't know. It just seemed to me as like, why are you asking a question that we've I already asked you? This is weird. Yeah. Like, 
Well, I mean, she appreciated I should, it. And she did. And it just, I was very confused by it. And and then she, oh, then we got the worst version of Kim, which is the smug Kim being like, you put a ring on it. Mm, I like, won. Yeah. I won. <laughs> I know. Yes. The worst one of her. So that, that yes. Who then immediately asked for yummy? And oh, like, God. But then she didn't say yummy. I thought that was yummy. And she said yummy. And it was weird. Who knows? We all know she means sex. <laughs> yes. We all know she means unimaginative, just <laughs> yeah. bad yeah, pounding sex. All right. So God. that leaves me with two more. So I got I got to go two in a row here. So let's go with Bilal first. So we're still in New York and Shida is out with Utris. And they go into a boutique to try on random dresses, but they don't actually ever try on a dress. They just are standing in the boutique. So she reminds us that Bilal is not giving her what she wants to miss marriage. Two things that she wanted, that being children and a yoga studio. So they start to talk about the fight the night before and Utris apologizes for her role in making Shida feel uncomfortable. Utris says she was surprised how Bilal tried to turn everything around and make it into her fault and asked, well, does he ever do that to you? Which, yeah, so of course he does that to her all the damn time. So she says she hasn't talked, you know, anything with about the fight over with Bilal yet because he was upset. When he's upset, he goes into silent mode and just goes straight to bed. So she fills uterus in with the doc, how the doctor told her that after 40, there's only a 5% chance of her getting pregnant, which is a misinterpretation of what the doctor said, but okay. But also tells us that, she, that her and Bilal still haven't talked about that either. So Utrecht says that she needs to, you know, get him off balance and disarm him. And basically, she should make threats to divorce him as a way to get him to listen. So <laughs> Sada said she doesn't want to do that because she doesn't really want to get divorced. And Utrecht is like, no, 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 no. You're not getting divorced. You would just threaten to get divorced, not actually do it. <laughs> but then at the end of the conversation, it seems like it's going to be Utrecht that's going to talk to Bull all about stuff. I don't know how that happened. So anyway – when she gets back to the hotel room, Shida wants to talk out the conversation about Utrus the night before and with Bilal. And that leads, you know, her to say, and again, she's just an awful communicator, to be honest, because instead of saying, hey, Utrus apologized and, you know, she would like to talk it out with you, she goes, Utrus was offended by you. And uh, <laughs> immediately put some of the defensive. So he said it would be nice if, he, if she gave an apology, which. She did give an apology. Shida just doesn't tell him about it. Yeah. Um, but Utrus is downstairs now and Shida thinks, you know, maybe she should go down and talk to her. But he make clear he makes clear of it. He's going down hoping to get an apology, which is gonna make peace happen. So he'll get he goes downstairs and is really like really laying on the pleasantries, like really, really thick. And she starts to kind of apologize, and so does he, saying that he was in more of a joking mode. So he's also lying too. So she says now that she has a few questions she wants some clarity on, like the prenup agreement for the children in the yoga studio. He tells her the same thing he told Shida, that there's a lot of groundwork to lay before opening a studio, and he, not, we're not even sure if a studio is the best way to run this yoga business. So then they go on to babies, where he um, again says that he's willing to have children a year and a half and two years down the road, you know, getting him right under the gun for the 40-year um, agreement. So Utris asks how he would react to the news if to the news that Shida was accidentally pregnant, and he said that's not possible. But if it was, you know, thanks be to God, and that gives Utris a simple and easy solution to this: Shida should just accidentally forget to take her birth control pills, and problem <laughs> solved. 
So Bilal was really confused about how much Shida has shared with her friend and thought most of the stuff that Utrus knew about was behind closed doors type stuff. So um, let's put it this way. What do you think about the little two pieces of advice that Utrus gave was giving us that um, Shida should empty, make empty threats for divorce and then stop taking her birth control to trap him into babies? Uh, I mean, Bilal is kind of like he should expect this, right? <laughs> I don't know what we should expect. <laughs> I think so, because it's like, you know, she's like, oh, what if she mysteriously gets well, pregnant? Well, at this point, yes. At yeah. this point, after after the friend was making weird conversation points about what if she was accidentally pregnant, I'd be like, I feel like you may be planting seeds here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's literally planting seeds. Um, I just, yeah, I think that. You know, it's not a bad idea because it's like, I mean, not to say that, you know, you should be tricking people into getting pregnant, but it's like if he's okay with it, like if it were to oopsie baby happen, it's like, well, then what's the problem? I don't understand what the problem is. No, I do. It, I, it, 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 it's the tricking them part, right? If If someone is under the impression that you are on birth control and you tell them you're on birth control and you're not on birth control, then try to get them to think. To me, that's that's in the vague realm of sexual misconduct, right? That is <laughs> not appropriate. It, to me, I mean, obvious, I mean, obviously it's ridiculously bad. Like if a if a man like takes off a condom in the middle of sex, right? Sure, sure. Right? And it's not as bad as that, but it's on the same road, right? It's you someone is having sex with you under some understanding that you are lying about right and and, and to yeah. me that that's it we'll put it this way maybe it's more on the road of having an sti that you're lying about yeah i don't know i just don't see her really getting pregnant that fast no she wouldn't either but if i say if she wanted to do that if she wanted to say listen Bilal, i'm not taking birth control anymore i'm not doing it i want to get pregnant i'm not going to take birth control you and then if he still would you'll probably still want to have sex with her. Um, yeah. Then that's on that. It's the part where, oh, accidentally on purpose, like just forget, forget once in a while. Like that's unethical. I'm sorry. That's bad. Yeah. Yeah. I do think that she should be more forceful and say something to him. Yeah. He, she's under no obligation to take that birth, to take those birth control pills. But if she's going to stop taking the birth control pills, she should tell him, I'm going to stop taking the birth control pills. He right. can't make her take them. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Just – I just – I don't see her standing up to him. And no. it's so ridiculous. And I and I do agree with Utris in that way. Like she's making life way too comfortable for him because she, she just kind of accepts everything, you know. And if she doesn't demand and he's as, you know, uh, I don't want to say forceful as he is. Like she's never going to get her way. No, and he's I think stubborn. it's the empty. It's the it's the part the part that got me about the the divorce threats or whatever is it's there's two parts. First of all, we've seen how he reacts when he feels like you're throwing divorce around, right? Yeah. And it's not to be more listen. It's not to do more to get you back. It's by completely shutting down and and blocking out like everything and just being like you lied to me this whole time. This was a lie. This whole relationship was a, was a fraud, right? And so we know I know that's not going to work on him. Right. Because we've seen yeah. that. And two, it's not about empty threats. Is this a deal breaker for you or not, Shida? Because if it is, you need to say, 
I want to have a baby within the next two years. And if I'm not going to have it with you, I need to have it with somebody else. Right. But that's the thing is I don't know if she will. And then it's then it's not a deal breaker. And if it's not a deal breaker, she has to shut her mouth. And he because he's made his decision like she she needs. You know what I'm saying? Like, but she has said that she is not going to divorce him. She's like, oh, Muslims don't get divorced. Well, and that, then then she has no not leverage, but she's already made her decision that she's she put the decision in his court. She shouldn't have got married to this guy in the first place. No, no, she should have. She shouldn't have. She shouldn't have. This, no. this is a yeah. This is just something that if this was a deal breaker for you, mm-hmm. right? Then his then this is not the guy for you. And yeah. It's not, and, and and it needs to be as simple as that. As like this, I'm doing this now, and if I'm either doing it with you or I'm doing it with somebody else, yeah. and you need to make the decision with who, with who, and if and and you need to tell me by X date, right? Mm. And it might be two months, it might be a month from now. You have one month to decide, and I'll ask yeah. you another month. And if you still aren't sure, then you're sure. Then I'll be sure for you. Like, but she's never going to do that, right? No, she is because it. Then in that case, she has to she has to come to the mental realization space that this is not a deal breaker for her. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't want it that bad if she's not willing to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe she doesn't want it that bad. I mean, she does seem like she wants it that bad, but you're right. It's like you wouldn't have married this man. Yes. You wouldn't have married him if, it, if this man as much as it says to you. It's, it means more to you to be with him than it means to have this kid. That's what it is. And right. that, that's the way it is. And that's fine. But you need to recognize that in yourself. Yeah. Which, I mean, it's crazy that this is the man you did this for, but okay. I know. All right. More questionable choices in men. Let's move on to Libby and Andre. So Libby and Andre are on the way to meet with her sisters. Now, he thinks that he thinks that they just want to kiss her ass and give her meaningless apologies. Um, So, you know, it'll go like it goes. I don't know what in his history with these women thinks that they're going to kiss anybody's ass. But But, (laughs) yeah, I know. Right. All right. So he says that she says Libby says that Becky and Jen reached out to her after seeing her pregnancy post on social media but it was after a few days that it was up. So Andre just says he's doing this for her because he doesn't see any, see any need to communicate with these buffoons anymore. <laughs> so they get to the place first, which is like an ice cream place where they sit at a picnic table. And Becky comes along and she tells us that she feels like Libby is drifting away into the abyss. But is really salty about just – it's about how she announced the pregnancy. She expected a either a personal call or a text or something that wasn't just like finding out when everybody else did. So the meeting starts off bad when, you know, they – they Andre says something about like, well, you invited us and then Jen is like, I don't remember inviting you. Um, so Andre w- then starts to ask, well, are you going to congratulate your sister? And Jen is upset because she feels like they just had this whole thing calculated. First, and this is honest to God what she said, that their plan to get back at Jen and Becky – was to get pregnant, post it on social media without telling them, oh, and God. then force them to congratulate her. Like, wow. The world does not revolve around you. <laughs> was to get them to have to apologize to Libby. Wow. So, yeah. just She suggests that the entire pregnancy was to extract small, petty revenge in an ice cream stand. <laughs> so she felt like the whole social media wasn't something that Libby would have possibly come up with by herself. So then Andre calls Becky Pamela, which I didn't even think landed very well. So nah. since he sees her as the root of this most recent disagreement, he says that he's upset because he thought they were on the same side with Charlie Gate um, and that she feels like he feels like Andre feels like the sisters betrayed them. They were finally on the same side and they don't understand why they would 
go back behind their back and make friends with Charlie and they don't understand why he'd still hold a grudge over that. So then much yelling and crosstalk ensues and Andre at some point, I don't know, a few things we have, he yelled, I made 750 last year. So okay. there's a whole lot of bleeps and then Becky tells him to shut the fuck up and kind of pushes him and like slaps at his hands and everybody's standing up. So then we just have more indiscernible yelling and Becky tells Libby that Andre doesn't give a fuck about her and Andre is calling Becky a follower for some reason. Yeah. So then Becky says they're walling themselves in and they can't even see what's happening. I don't know. It was all weird. Libby finally gets everybody to stop and calm down and then Becky apologizes for her actions and says she doesn't want there to be a rift between the, their families. So then they, then they actually get to talking about Libby, Libby's thought process behind posting the pregnancy posts instead of calling them and – how much hurt that caused everybody and eh, they all blame it, Andre. Not Libby doesn't. The other two sisters are just like, Andre must be manipulating her. This must have <laughs> been Andre's idea even though Andre's idea was just not to tell them at all like, <laughs> or he didn't care. So Libby doesn't seem to think that they would be – didn't seem to think that they would be this hurt by the whole thing and wishes she would have handled the situation better. So Becky hopes that she doesn't end up in the Charlie Pamela canceled bucket then Libby brings up the idea of going to family therapy with everybody, including Charlie. So Becky, at least, seems to recognize uh, something about this situation and just is like, really, one session? Do you know how much fucking therapy this family needs? <laughs> so it looks like the family session is is coming up. All right. So I, I feel like I, this is always what I think of in these. Could you follow this fight any better than I could? No, I couldn't. I mean, there was so much beeping. Like yes. bleeping, bleeping out their conversation. I was like, I don't know what's being said anymore. Like someone's jumping over the table. Next thing you know, she's apologizing. I don't know if they're actually on good terms right now. I was like, I don't know what's happening here. But it just – it's chaos. Yeah, it is. And it's, I, I literally rounded a couple times just to be able to try to discern right. what Andre – because he's clearly said something. That put Becky over the top and that's when she shot up and like came up yeah. over the table. But yeah. I rebounded a bunch of times. What it was was it wasn't even enough context to be able to tell what he said. It was literally just bleep, 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 bleep. Yeah. Yeah. Like, definitely. And, and it was like I got I got nothing on that. I have no idea what he said that put her that way. And it's hard right. to judge like whose side am I on this conversation when I don't actually know what anybody said besides bragging about making $750,000 last year. Yeah. I mean, how much of that is OnlyFans money, Andre? So mm. that's a good question. Or yeah, yeah it's, it, I don't know that most of it's real estate money, or maybe it is. I don't know. I feel like he's also counting some. Like I sold seven hundred fifty thousand dollars worth of houses, and it's like that's like three houses, and you kept like seventy five thousand of that. So I don't think that's a thing. Yeah, I have no idea, but. Uh, this family does need therapy and I think more than one session, absolutely. They just need to not interrupt each other. Like that yes, was what was so part frustrating of it. is like anytime Becky started talking, she's like, well, we just thought – and Andre's like, you thought nothing. And it's like, what? You, you did, I didn't even get to the halfway point of my sentence before right. you started screaming at me and cutting yeah. me off and telling me what an idiot I am. Like, yeah. So they do need like some kind of mediator, but we've already seen the but whole not how it goes. ball, uh, <laughs> you know, strategy that's going to go horribly wrong. They're unable to wait their turn to talk. Yes. Yeah. And that's on both sides. They both are like nobody can no, – nobody finished a sentence this entire fight. 
Right, right. This is incredibly frustrating. Um, yeah, so I don't know what to say about these guys. Just don't give them their own show. Oh, I know. They want it yeah. so bad. And they, they need to just go back to OnlyFans and just stay there. And fade yeah. away in OnlyFans. Because it's not just that. They all have OnlyFans. It's, it's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. So... All right. Um, so we saw almost everyone this week. Uh, we didn't see Jenny and Summit again for like the second week in a row, I want to say. Uh, no, we saw oh, them no, last week. Oh, no, we saw week. them last week. Yeah. Oh, it's just whenever I have them. Yes. We never yes. see them. That's so true. It feels like forever. Uh, okay. So out of this group, who was your student of the week? Uh, I'll say Michael, at least for getting Angela into the therapy session, mm-hmm. <laughs> even though she completely manipulated it to her own ends but at least he tried he's trying to gain back trust i guess yeah i'll go with michael too um and more so because there was just too much shenanigans on the part of everyone else this week yeah that's true i mean that's part of it definitely always part of it yeah okay who was your dunce so my dunce was kimberly just like Mm. that is the most predictable thing that could have came up and she just got completely blindsided by it stupid like, yeah to even make the idea why well, i agreed you could take a second wife like should have been like ah does that even work can we even legally do that like it would have been like the first question yeah okay so i have like an unconventional dunce for the week okay um i went with ed uh, mostly because of his fashion choices. I mean, the, okay, maybe not the person, but the reasons are unconventional. Uh, right. His pink Crocs, his whatever, um, uh, you know, uh, jean jacket with all the flair. But something else that, like, kind of triggered it too for me, and this made me, like, think about, oh, my God, does she not know? When Liz said... You know, oh, you know, seeing him like this makes me think about, you know, having kids with Ed and what our oh, kids would be like. Oh, he got a vasectomy. Exactly. <laughs> and it's like, does she not know about the vasectomy? Oh, my God. She asked like, it was on TV. <laughs> oh, but, you know, I don't know. There are some people who don't watch things. Even and like if even if their partner is on it or someone they know is on it, they would rather not know. Right. So it is it a possibility that she doesn't know or maybe forgot like all of us? Or <laughs> <laughs> well, did he actually because he said he was going to I thought he said he was going to get it like when he got back from Philippines. Mm. Did he ever actually do it? Because I never watched any of the single life. Um, stuff. Yeah, I don't actually know. So maybe he hasn't. But she's got to know that he has very strong opinions about that. About right? not having kids. Yeah. Right. right. So it's like, have you talked to her about this? So after that, I was kind of like, oh, good. Yeah, Ed, that's, that's, a, that's fair. Yeah. All right. What about your life lesson? All right. So my life lesson is um, kind of it's also, you know, directed towards Ed. And it's like. Literally everybody feels like they're an outcast in middle school or high school at some point. Mm-hmm. Like it's just an awkward time in everybody's life, right? Yeah. And maybe you don't get bullied like Liz said. Oh, I didn't get really bullied, but I didn't feel like I had the friends. Like everybody feels that way. Mm-hmm. It's not a reason to be an asshole 30 years later. Oh, God. Yes, that's true. Uh, my life lesson is for Libby's family. Oh, my God. If you're in a conversation where every other word is being bleeped out, you are not in a productive conversation. No. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Yeah. It, oh, my God. It, like, literally hurt my ears. I was like, oh, my God. What is all this beeping? Ah. <laughs> yeah. High-pitched beeping. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> 
All right. So uh, we will be back with this group next week. Uh, we don't see an end in sight. Um, I haven't seen any uh, or heard of anything about a next season. No, I, I mean, I, I was hearing some I was seeing some rumors online that I was going to go to January. But oh, like, man, it just feels like so many of these so many stories are getting close to wrapping up. Yeah, I think so. Like Kim's about to leave. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Jenny and Summit are barely in the show anymore. Right. Yara and Jovi are circling this, I'm going to stay in Europe thing forever. Yeah, forever. Uh, Angela and Michael, I don't know. I feel like she's leaving soon, isn't she? She has to be. Yeah. I mean, yeah. her poor friend is just like oh, there, yeah. right? I think Renee might have left already. We haven't. Oh, yeah. no, cause, but I also think this whole entire thing happened in under a week. I think they right. said it was like on Monday I tore his car up and it's like, oh, okay, he's getting fixed now. Oh, God. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. I do feel like a lot of their stories are wrapping up or getting real stale. So Yeah, definitely. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll be back next week either way. And uh, until then. All right. See everybody then. Okay. Bye. Okay, bye. Bye.